0: Hi guys, and welcome back to Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show tonight, to tickle our funny bone, Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show, Father Knows Best. In this first episode, we find the Andersons once again in the middle of a dilemma, when jim anderson is trying to have his son explain how the car's fender fell off when all of a sudden the youngest girl kathleen starts to talk about how dogs are man's best friend and then all of a sudden jim asks her why the sudden interest in dogs Well, Kathleen has a surprise for her father that they do have a dog, but unfortunately for Kathleen, the Andersons can't keep a dog because their oldest daughter, Betty, is allergic, so Mr. Anderson has a surprise visit from his neighbor who tells him that their dog tore up a very expensive hibiscus of his and he has to pay it back to him for the damaged flower and it is called an uncontrollable dog and in the second episode we find the Andersons once again in the middle of a dilemma in this episode we find the Andersons all outside in their driveway. When all of a sudden the oldest daughter tells her father how disgusted she is with the car that they have. And that he should get a new one. But unfortunately Mr. Anderson tells Betty that this car can just be made new. It just needs a new paint job and needs to get fixed up like old cars used to. But Betty is determined to get her father to get rid of that old piece of junk and get a new car. So they go to the, they go to church on Sunday and after church they enter a contest to win a new car. When their youngest daughter comes back with the exciting news that they won, Mr. Anderson thinks they won a new car, but unfortunately their celebration is cut short when their oldest daughter Betty tells them that they didn't win a new car they won a ham. And it is called time for a new car. I hope you guys enjoy Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show, Father Knows Best. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks.
1: Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world?
2: Well, your father says so, and your father knows best.
3: It's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop. <laughs> A decade or so before the turn of the 20th century, the city editor of the New York Sun came up with a remarkably simple definition of news. When a dog bites a man, he said, that is not news because it happens so often. But if a man bites a dog, that is news. Well, in Springfield in the white frame house on Maple Street, news may very well be in the making. Nothing unusual has happened thus far, but it's quite possible that before the week is out, A man named Anderson will bite a dog, like this.
4: Holy cow, Dad, I couldn't help it. But
3: when you signed the good driving pledge... But
4: I wasn't even driving, Dad. The car was just sitting there.
3: And the fender dropped off all by itself. Sure. But that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard.
4: But
5: it's true, Dad. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole car fell apart.
3: Is that so? There's nothing wrong with the car and you know it. Daddy... What is it, Kathy?
1: Did you know that in the polar regions, dogs are the chief means of transportation?
3: What's that got to do with Bud knocking a fender off the car? I
4: didn't knock it off, Dad. It fell off.
3: Bud, unless you're willing to tell me the truth...
2: Jim, Bud is not in the habit of telling lies, and if he says the fender fell off, then it fell off. And we put it back on again with
4: wire, Dad. You'd never even know the difference. Oh,
3: fine. <laughs> Bud, if I ever find out... Oh, never mind. May I have my coffee, Margaret? Of course, dear. Here you are. Thank you.
1: Nothing. What? It doesn't have anything to do with Bud knocking a fender off the car.
4: I did not.
3: Wait a minute, Bud. Kathy, what doesn't have anything to do with Bud knocking a fender off the car?
1: Dogs are the chief means of transportation in the polar regions.
3: Fine. I'll order a dog sled in the morning. (laughs) Is that what you want?
1: Oh, no. I... Just wanted to tell you.
3: Well, thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> the
3: silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. That car's practically as good as it was the day we bought it. Might need a little paint here and there. Daddy. What is it, Kathy?
1: Did you know that the dog has been chosen as the companion of man because of his fidelity and intelligence?
3: Well, I'd heard rumors, but it's nice to have it on such complete authority.
1: You're
4: welcome. Dad
3: Yes, Bud
4: Does that mean that I can't have the car on Thursday anymore?
3: No, I suppose it'll be all right But in the future, I wish you'd be a little more careful, that's all
4: I
5: wouldn't be surprised if the roof caved in
3: Betty, what's gotten into you? Until tonight, the only complaint you ever had about the car Was that you didn't get it often enough Jim Yes, Margaret?
2: The Liggetts have a new car A convertible
3: Oh well, pardon me.
1: Dogs are bred for sports, as watchdogs, for guarding and driving sheep, and for playing ordinary dogs.
3: Kathy, deep in your obscure little mind...
1: I'll see who it is. You stay
3: right where you are. I want to get to the bottom of this dissertation on dogs. Bud? Yes, Dan? See who's at the door. Holy cow.
4: <laughs> you say, nobody else around here knew how to open a door.
3: All right, Kathy. Will you explain something to me as simply as possible? Why this sudden interest in the history of our canine companions? Huh? Dogs.
1: Oh, well, dogs are pets, and everybody says they're man's best friend, and they probably be girls' best friends, too. And I don't see why... Kathy,
3: are you going to start that dog business again?
1: But everybody I know has a dog, and I don't see why... You know
3: as well as I that Betty's allergic to dogs. They make her sneeze.
4: Ed, it's
3: Mr. Davis. Oh, come on in, Ed. Hello, Jim. Margaret. Hello, Ed. Hello, girls.
4: Oh, hello,
5: Mr. Davis.
3: We're just finishing our dinner, Ed. How about a cup of coffee? Oh, no, thanks, Jim. I. Well, I just want to talk to you about your dog. Our what? Well, I wouldn't mind if it were just an ordinary rose bush, Jim, but this was a Bengal. A genuine hibiscus rosa sinensis. Ed. I only had to, and you ought to see the one he dug up. It's a complete wreck. Ed. Yes, Jim. What dog? Why, your dog. We don't have a dog, you know that. Daddy. Jim. (laughs) I dislike this whole thing as much as you do, but that bush cost me $13. Ed, we don't have a dog. Daddy. And I, I wouldn't even know where to get another one. They only had two in town. I bought both of them. Ed. Yes, Jim. We don't have a dog. Daddy. Kathy, I'm talking to Mr. Davis.
1: I know, Daddy, but I want to tell you something.
3: All right, what is it?
1: We have a dog.
3: <laughs> Fine. Look, Ed, I know how you must feel, but... We what?
2: Kathy, you're joking.
3: What do you mean, we have a dog?
2: Oh, well,
1: it was such a poor little dog, Daddy, and it kept following me and following me. And Kathy, and...
3: you mean we have a dog... Here?
6: Uh-huh <laughs>
3: Betty, stop that
6: I can't stop it, Father
3: You certainly can Kathy, you've been told a thousand times Not to bring a dog into the house
6: <laughs> Achoo!
1: She's just doing that to be mean I have done <laughs> She wasn't sneezing before And the dog was here all the time
3: Where? What? Where is it? Where's what? The dog
6: Oh, the dog.
3: (laughs) Kathy, where did you put the dog?
6: In the playroom.
3: Well, we'll just see about that. Of course, it isn't the most valuable rose bush in the world, Jim, but if you knew the trouble I'd gone through... Jim,
6: where are you going?
3: Down to the playroom.
1: Oh, Daddy, please don't be mean to the little dog. He
4: wouldn't hurt a fly.
3: Where do you think you're going, bud? Oh, can't I come with you?
4: Gosh, I just want to look at it.
3: I didn't mean to start all this trouble, Jim, but after all, he did dig up the rosebirds. I know, it. I'll be very glad to pay for it as soon as we... Oh.
6: <laughs>
3: My aching back.
6: <laughs>
3: look at the size of that thing. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll, I'll just wait for you upstairs, Jim. Kathy, that isn't a dog. It's a werewolf.
1: (laughs) No, it isn't, Daddy. It's a dog, and you're frightening him.
3: I'm frightening him.
1: (laughs) Poor little fella. We're not
6: going to hurt you.
1: Kathy,
3: get away from him. You heard me, Kathy.
6: You don't get away from that dog.
3: Well, stay over there if that's what he wants. But don't get too close.
2: Jim, Ed Davis said there was a lion in the basement. Did you? Oh, Kathy. Isn't he cute, Mommy? Kathy, come over here.
3: You, uh, you better do as your mother says, Kathy. Maybe she better do what the dog says.
6: <laughs>
2: oh, Jim, what are we going to
3: do? We're going to find out where he belongs and get rid of him. That's what we're going to do.
1: Oh, Daddy, you can't. He's such a beautiful dog, and he's so easy to see. All he eats is cookies. Bud.
3: <laughs>
6: uh,
3: see what the tag says
4: on his collar. On his collar. Me?
1: Oh, he won't hurt you, Bud. Will you, George?
3: Well, go ahead, Bud. There's nothing to be afraid of.
4: Uh, That's a nice fella. (laughs) Nice, George.
6: His
1: name isn't exactly George, Bud. I just call him that.
4: Oh, you're a great help. <laughs> nice boy. <laughs> that's a nice boy. boy.
3: Uh, what does it say, bud?
4: Gargantua the Third. <laughs>
1: oh, that's how you say it.
4: Property of Michael Reed, Orchard Avenue.
3: Orchard Avenue? Well, that's a mile away. How did he get clear over here?
1: I think he walked.
3: <laughs> well, he can walk right back. Bud, call Mr. Reed and tell him we have his dog.
1: Oh, Daddy,
2: no! Oh, Daddy,
3: yes!
2: <laughs> Kathleen, it isn't our dog, and we've got to send him back home.
1: But, Mommy, mm. I love him so. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: don't cry, Kathy. Gosh, you've still got us.
1: Everybody's got somebody. <laughs> and all I have is you! <laughs>
4: me to answer
3: it, Dad? No, never mind. I'm right here. Mr. Anderson? Yes? I'm Mr. Reed's chauffeur. Oh, yes. Come on right in. Oh, thank you. Very nice of you to go to all this trouble. Oh, it's no trouble at all. Mr. Reed was quite concerned about Gargantua. Quite concerned. Well, we, uh, weren't too happy about him ourselves. Uh, Kathy?
6: You want me, Daddy?
1: The
3: man is here for the dog. Gee whiz. She'll have it up here in just a minute. A uh, peculiar-looking animal, isn't it? Oh, no, it's a very valuable dog, Weimaraner. A Vip... Bi- you don't say.
6: <laughs> yes,
3: it's a, a German hunting dog, very intelligent. Well, that's a matter of opinion. Kathy, will you please hurry?
1: Daddy, I can't find him! You what? Oh, Daddy, the most terrible thing happened. He got away. Kathy! But he did, Daddy. I just opened the door, and he was gone.
3: You uh, didn't happen to give him a push
1: Oh, Daddy, how can you say Well, maybe one little push <laughs>
3: Now see here, Kathleen
1: Oh, you don't have to worry, Daddy I think I can find him again Later
3: I, uh, I'm awfully sorry about this I understand Oh, hello, Ed Oh, Jim, I don't like it Ed, to... please, I told you I'd get you another rose bush, And I will First thing in the morning. I know, Jim, but after all...
1: George got away. Yes,
3: I know he got away. Only he didn't get far enough away. Uh, Have you seen him? Yes, I've seen him. He's in my backyard, and he's having a wonderful time. (laughs) All right, Kathy, go get him.
6: Gee whiz.
3: And Jim. Yes? When you get that hibiscus sinensis tomorrow, make it two. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. All across the country, there's good news about coffee these days. Grocers everywhere are featuring Maxwell House at lower prices. That's right. These days, the coffee with that wonderful good to the last drop flavor comes to you at the lowest prices in months. A mighty welcome occasion for everybody. You, your grocer, yes, and for Maxwell House, too. With Maxwell House coffee, we've always aimed at one thing, to bring you the best in coffee at the lowest possible price. And that's meant a lot. meant you could always count on more flavor for your money in every cup of Maxwell House, More wonderfully good cups of coffee in every pound. It's the reason why, year after year, folks everywhere have found Maxwell House is true economy. And nowadays, Maxwell House is more than ever today's coffee buy. The world's most famous coffee flavor is yours to enjoy every cup you pour. And the price is the lowest in months. So tomorrow, get your money's worth and more. Bring home a familiar blue tin of Maxwell House. And start enjoying coffee that's always good to the last drop. The dog is a creature whose principal feature is love, and there's nothing can daunt him. He'll stay by your side as though he were tied, especially if you don't want him. A few days have gone by, and in Springfield, we find a most unhappy individual. Between roses, which cannot be found, and a dog, which refuses to get lost, Jim Anderson's lot is a miserable one indeed. Like this. Go on, get (laughs) him.
1: Oh, isn't he cute, Daddy? He wants to play. Well,
3: tell him to play with something else.
0: But he likes you,
1: Daddy. All
3: right, I like him, but you don't see me biting his shoes.
1: (laughs) Oh, he just wants to be friendly.
3: No good, Fender. Why don't they make the bolts big enough? They don't want you to fix your car, that's what. Expect you to buy a new one every five minutes. Daddy. What is it, Kathy?
1: George is hungry.
3: George is hungry. George is sleepy. George, George, George. Kathy.
1: Yes, Daddy?
3: How many times have you found that dog? Six. And how many times have we sent him home? Six. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Any dog that's stupid enough to get trapped in back of a fence six times in a row... Hi, Jim. Oh, Ed, come on over here. I've got good news for you. Okay. Hey, see George is back again. Yeah, idiotic animal. Comes clear over here from Orchard Avenue and then gets stuck in back of the Willoughby's fence. (laughs) Smart dog.
1: He is smart, Daddy. He knows that's where I meet him.
3: Well, why don't you leave him there? Let somebody else find him for a change.
1: But, Daddy, the Willoughby's moved away. There wouldn't be anybody to feed him.
3: He can always eat rose bushes. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you, Ed. There they are. You mean those? Yep, two Bengals. And I had to go clear to Plainfield to get them. Jim, I don't like to be difficult, but those aren't Bengals. They most certainly are. Look at the tags. Hmm. Well, I'm uh, mark Bengals, all right, but... Oh, well, you see, Jim, there are two kinds of Bengals. A hibiscus rosa sinensis and rosa japanicus. Now, mine were hibiscus sinensis, and they're a much heartier variety. Ed, a rose is a rose.
6: <laughs>
3: and you said bengals. I don't like to argue, Jim, but I said hibiscus sinensis. You see, the japanicus is very susceptible to mildew and thrips. That's bad, huh? Oh, yeah, especially around here. The Japanicus doesn't do well in Springfield at all. It needs a much milder climate. I see. You, uh, you wouldn't consider moving? <laughs> but, uh, nothing. Yeah. I'll keep looking, Ed. After all, what's a few more days? I wouldn't be able to do anything but work anyway. Uh, Mr. Anderson? Oh, hello there. We're back here near the garage. Mr. Anderson, I don't know what to say. Mr. Reed is most apologetic. Yes, I'm sure he must be. Well, I'll be getting back to my gardening. I've got another bed of geraniums to set up. I'm sorry. They weren't the right ones, Ed. Oh, that's all right, Jim. There's no particular hurry, I guess. (laughs) Mr. Anderson, I want to assure you that we've done everything in our power to keep Gargantua at home. I'm sure you have. I've gone over the fence with a fine-tooth comb. We fixed everything, and still he gets out. Maybe the fence isn't high enough. Well, it's quite high, but we're going to make it higher. And now, if I may have the dog... Yes, Kathy. Now, where the dickens did she go? Kathy!
1: You want me, Daddy?
3: Where's George? George? we call him George. Kathy!
1: I'm coming, Daddy!
3: Maybe if you called him George, he'd stay home. Well, it might be a little confusing, but we'll try. Kathy, why is it... What happened to George?
1: I don't know, Daddy. Isn't he with you?
3: No, he isn't with me.
1: <laughs> Where'd he go? I don't know.
3: Kathy, why is it that every time Mr. Reed's chauffeur. George. Thank you. Every time George shows up, George. <laughs> George? Yes, sir. George. Oh. Well, why... why is it every time George shows up, jo- uh, the dog disappears? I don't know. What do you know? I don't know. I'm sorry, George, but George, uh, gargantua. George! Jim! Ed, is George over there? He certainly is, and I'm very slowly reaching a point where I don't think it's at all funny. Ed, he didn't tear up another rose bush. No. Well, thank goodness. This time he got the geraniums.
6: <laughs>
3: George dug up the geraniums? No, but I made a bed, and he's lying in it. <laughs> for two miserable little rose bushes. It's criminal, that's what it is.
2: Jim, let's just be thankful that we were able to find them.
3: Hibiscus sinensis. Margaret, if I ever see that dog again, so help me up. Jim. What's the matter?
2: He's back.
3: Oh, no, he can't be.
2: Well, stop the car, Jim. We've got to get him.
3: Why? Why can't we just pretend that we've never met George? That we've never even heard of him?
2: Dear, we owe it to Mr. Reed.
3: Mr. Reed. He's the one who ought to pay for the roses. George is his dog.
2: Jim, that's not being very charitable.
3: Well, I don't feel very charitable. Where is he?
2: Back of the Willoughby's fence.
3: Again? Margaret, that's the stupidest animal I've ever seen in my life. This is the eighth time he's been stuck in the Willoughby's yard. Any dog with half a brain knows you can jump both ways over a fence. Come here, you silly mongrel...
2: Oh, Jim, isn't that sweet? He knows us.
3: Well, why shouldn't he know us? He's been boarding with us for almost a week.
2: Come on, George. That's a good boy. Take his collar, Jim.
3: I'd like to wring his neck. Come on, George.
2: Jim, I don't think you're being very nice to him.
3: Well, I don't think he's being very nice to us. George, will you please make up your mind? You want to come home with us, or are you going to stay here? Daddy! Oh,
6: Daddy,
1: you found him again! Oh, George, I'm so happy to see you. Oh, my wonderful George.
3: Kathy, oh, drag nice. that animal over to our house.
1: Oh, you don't have to drag him, Daddy.
3: Well, get him over there. And this time, hang on to him.
1: Okay, Daddy.
6: Come on, George, I'll race you to the garage. <laughs>
3: Man's best friend intelligent and loyal. A half-witted caterpillar has more intelligence than that George.
2: Jim, how about the car?
3: I'll come back for it later. Right now I'm going to call that Reed guy and give him a piece of my mind. That's what I'm going to do. If he can't learn to take better care of a dog, he doesn't have any business owning one. Jim,
2: I'm sure Mr. Reed is doing everything he can. Well,
3: it isn't enough. Owning a dog is a responsibility for the dog and the neighborhood and everybody else. Let a dog run wild that way, first thing you know, he'll be hit by a car. He's liable to be killed.
2: I thought you didn't like George.
3: I don't. I mean, well, he's all right, I guess, but they have no business letting him run around the way they do.
2: Jim, please don't be too abrupt. Mr. Reed is just as concerned about George as we are.
3: Well, why shouldn't he be? It's his dog. Hello? Oh, this is Jim Anderson. Yes, he's here again. And look, George, I think it's high time... Well, okay. He's coming right over.
2: Jim, when he gets here, please remember that George isn't responsible for
3: George.
2: After all, he's merely the chauffeur. Which one? George. Oh. He told me this morning that Mr. Reed was going to have the entire fence made higher, and if Mr. Reed thinks that much of George... Uh, Just
3: a minute, Margaret. Bud!
2: You want me, Dad?
3: Go
4: outside and hang on to George. Okay.
3: Betty! Are you in your room? Yes,
6: Father.
3: Well, look out the window and keep an eye on George. Okay. He won't get away this time if I can help it. Now, uh, what were you saying, Margaret? Well, I merely said that if Mr. Reed thought that much of George... Be gods, now what? I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Anderson. Well, you should be. Anybody who can't take better care of a nice dog like George... We do take care of him, Mr. Anderson. We still can't understand how he gets away. That's a very poor excuse. How would you feel if I... Wait a minute. How did you get over here so fast? Well, I left the moment I hung up. I know, but from clear over on Orchard Avenue... Oh, we haven't lived on Orchard Avenue for almost a week. We moved into the Willoughby house on the corner. Oh, no. <laughs> When you go grocery shopping this weekend, be sure to see the welcome news about coffee in your store. These days, grocers everywhere are featuring Maxwell House coffee at lower prices. Now all of you who know and love that wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor can enjoy it at the lowest price in months. And for you folks who haven't been getting that famous flavor, now's the time to bring home a familiar blue Maxwell House tin. Find out how much more satisfaction, more real pleasure it holds for you. Cup after cup, day after day, you can always count on that Maxwell House flavor. For we'll never compromise on the quality of a single pound. Tomorrow, look for Maxwell House at the lowest prices in months. Now more than ever, today's coffee buy. Get your money's worth and more with coffee that's always good to the last drop. Another day has come and gone, and so has the perennial George. There's peace once more in the Anderson household. But we wonder just how long it will last. It never does, does it? Like this. Most ridiculous thing that ever happened in my whole life. Stealing a dog out of his own yard. They could have had us arrested. Father. Yes, Betty?
5: Have you noticed how quiet it's gotten around
4: here?
3: I certainly have. Nice and quiet. How was I supposed to know anybody'd moved in? Why didn't they put up curtains or something?
4: That George is a pretty smart dog. And what a character. You know what he did yesterday?
3: Whatever he did, I'm not going to pay for it.
4: Oh, it wasn't anything like that, Dad. Kathy taught him how to play hide-and-seek. And and he was really
2: hiding.
3: Good. I hope it's years before anybody finds him.
2: (laughs) Why, Jim, you know you miss George as much as any of us.
3: I do? I miss George? Huh. Margaret, this is the first peaceful moment I've had in almost a week.
1: Daddy, Daddy, Daddy! Kathy, what is it? What's wrong? Oh, Daddy, the most beautiful thing happened. Mister Reed gave me a reward.
2: Why? How nice, Kathy. Oh, I'm so excited.
3: Well, it was certainly the least he could do. What was the reward, Kathy?
1: I can borrow George any time I please.
3: No.
6: <laughs>
1: Isn't it wonderful? Here, George. <laughs> Oh my beautiful
6: George! Hiya, boy. Huh? Huh? Huh?
3: Hello, George. Now yours to enjoy an instant coffee you'll love for breakfast every morning. An instant coffee you'll be proud to serve to your dinner guests. It's Instant Maxwell House, the instant coffee with a famous flavor. Here's the happiest combination in coffee. Wonderful good to the last drop flavor, combined with the convenience and thrift of coffee made instantly in the cup. Tomorrow, try Instant Maxwell House, the instant coffee with a famous flavor. Instantly good to the last drop. In lands across the seas, many people still lack the simplest necessities of life. Food is inadequate, clothing scarce. Help is needed from each of us who can send it. The time to send that help is now. The way to send it is through CARE, C-A-R-E. For this is National Care Week, and Americans everywhere are joining in sending food and clothing abroad. To send a 24-pound package, mail $10 to CARE, New York. That's $10 to CARE, New York. Enclose your name and address and the address of the recipient. Delivery is guaranteed. Join in National Care Week now. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget... Membership cards for the Robert Young Good Drivers Club are waiting for you at your local NBC station. Get a man-to-man or dad-to-daughter pledge and sign up today. Be a good driver. Get your membership card in the Robert Young Good Drivers Club today. Now until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Stay tuned for Charles Boyer and Olivia de Havilland on NBC. NBC.
2: Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best.
3: Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons. Brought to you by America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House. The coffee that's always good to the last drop. <laughs> Have you heard of the wonderful one-horse shay that was built in such a logical way it ran a hundred years to a day? And then of a sudden, it, ah, but stay. I'll tell you what happened without delay. Well, of course, it hasn't been a hundred years since the Andersons bought their car, but you get the general idea. In Springfield, in the driveway, beside the white frame house on Maple Street, the Anderson Chariot is getting quite a going over, like this.
5: I don't care what you say, Father. It is a wreck, and you know
3: it. Is that so? For your information, Betty, they don't build cars like this anymore. They don't build covered wagons, either. What was that?
4: (laughs) Oh, uh, uh, nothing, Dad. Uh, I was just thinking.
3: He said they didn't build
1: covered wagons, either.
3: Oh, he did, did he? Okay, Kathy, just you wait. But if you find the car so objectionable, we can arrange for you not to be annoyed with it any longer on Thursday nights.
4: Oh, uh, I didn't mean that, Dad. I, I think it's fine.
5: Well, I don't, and I don't even want to borrow it anymore.
3: Good, I'll keep that in mind.
5: Look at it. The paint all worn off, the upholstery all faded. You
3: know, that's the trouble with you kids. You don't look beneath the surface. That's where your value is. Do you know there's 30% more metal in this car than in any 1950 model on the road? There is, huh? There certainly is. Now, you see this body panel? It's a little banged up, I admit that. But listen to it. That's solid. (laughs) that's good honest metal dad cars today aren't built that way none of them they sound tinny and cheap dad have you seen the fenders they're putting on the new cars just like paper mache dad but on this car well listen to this <laughs> but
4: <Button. laughs> Gosh, Dad, I was trying to tell you. Something. I don't know.
3: Why do things like this always happen to me?
1: Daddy, why did you not the her off
3: the car? Kathy,
5: you'd better be quiet if you know what's good for you.
2: Jim, I'm ready to leave any time you are.
3: That's fine, Margaret, just fine.
2: But you'll find a basket with lunch on the kitchen table, so why don't
3: you... Jim, what on earth did you do
2: to the car?
3: I didn't do anything to the car, Margaret.
2: Daddy knocked the fender
3: off. Did no such thing. All I did was give it one or two little taps.
2: Jim, Mr. Gilhausen said it wasn't going to last. Mr.
3: Gilhausen, that crook, he doesn't know any more about fixing a car than... than Kathy does.
2: I
1: didn't do anything.
3: (laughs) Charges me $7.80 to put a fender back on and doesn't even use a good grade of scotch tape. You want me to get the
4: sandwiches, Mom? Leave the
3: sandwiches alone, bud. We can't go to a church picnic or any place else until we get the car fixed.
4: We can put the fender on with wire, Dad. It didn't look too bad the last time.
3: All right, go get the wire.
4: I think there's a whole bunch of it in the garage.
3: Mr. Gilhausen. A fine mechanic he turned out to be. Father. He's a butcher, that's what he is. Anybody who can't put a fender on so it stays put. Father,
5: may I please have the tickets for the picnic?
3: You certainly may not.
5: But, Father, Mr. Liggett said I could ride with them. Oh,
3: he did, did he?
5: And we'll be there hours before you're you. You're going with
3: us or you aren't going at all?
4: But, Father... Hurry up, Bud. I can't. Kathy got the wire all tangled up. Oh, I did not.
3: <laughs> There's a roll on top of the workbench, Bud. Bring that.
4: Okay.
2: Father, I certainly think... Betty,
3: you're going in our car or you aren't going. Now, that's fine.
2: Oh, pooh. Jim, <laughs> don't you think you're being a little severe? Betty wants to spend more time with Janie Liggett. that's all. It isn't that she's ashamed to be seen in our car, is it, Betty? It certainly is. <laughs>
6: <laughs> that
5: old heap.
3: You see, Margaret, she's ashamed of us. She's too good to ride in our car.
5: I'm not too good, but that isn't even a car. Just a bunch of old bolts held together with bobby pins. Here's the
4: wire, Dad.
3: Betty, that car is good enough for me. And if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for my family. Is that clear?
4: Here's the wire, Dad.
3: Anytime you think that you're better than the rest of us, well, we'll just do something about it. And let's not forget it.
4: Here's the wire, Dad.
3: I heard you, Bud.
4: (laughs) Gosh, how did I know? Sounds
3: like your needle was stuck. (laughs) Here's the wire, Dad. Here's the wire, Dad. Daddy. Kathy,
2: be quiet. She will.
3: Bud, I'll hold the fender in place and you wire it together. Okay, Dad.
2: Jim, I know what Betty had in mind. She was only thinking of our good. Weren't you, Betty? Hmm? Oh, sure. They're going to have a drawing for a new car and... Someone isn't there.
3: Someone will be there, Margaret. We'll all be there. Not that we'd ever be lucky enough to win a new car.
4: Hold the front up a little higher, Dad. How's that? Okay.
3: I've been going to church picnics since I was four years old, and the only people who ever win new cars are old ladies of 90 who wouldn't be caught dead with anything but a horse and buggy.
5: (laughs) Father, if they pick our number and we aren't there... we
3: will be there. Now stop worrying about it. How's it going, bud?
4: I think it's almost finished.
3: Betty, go in and get the lunch.
4: All right, father.
3: And lock the door on the way out.
4: Yes, father. I think that's as good as I can do, Dad.
3: Hmm.
4: Well, it seems firm enough. I wouldn't lean on it too hard. It's all rusted away on the
3: inside. (laughs) Well, it'll certainly last until we get home. And believe me, I'll give that Gilhausen character a piece of my mind tomorrow morning.
2: Hurry up, Betty. We're ready to leave. Be right there.
3: I'll get the motor warmed up while we're waiting. Want me to do it, Dad? No, I'm perfectly capable of starting my own car. (laughs) Now what's gotten into this miserable wreck?
4: Bang on the dashboard, Dad. Sometimes that does it.
3: I did bang on the dashboard. Just cold, that's all.
2: Is this all of it, Mother? Yes, dear, thank you.
3: No good. Jim. Bud. Uh... Jump up and down on the bumper a few times.
5: Okay. What's wrong with the car?
4: It won't
2: start again. Be quiet, Kathy, please.
4: Well, it won't, will it? Try it now, Dad. Bud? Yes, Dad?
3: uh, Jiggle the wire on the distributor. Okay. I never saw it to fail. The car runs like a dream except when you need it. Mm
5: Oh, Mother, there's Janie Liggett. What am I going to tell them? Well, you just have to tell them... Betty? That... Yes, Father? What
3: time is the drawing for the new car?
5: I don't know, Father, but if we aren't there... do worry,
3: we'll be there, but uh, just in case it takes us a while to get started... Well, uh, here. You take the tickets and go ahead with the Liggetts.
6: Oh,
5: Father! If we should happen
3: to win the car, you... Uh, well, go ahead. We'll meet you out there.
5: I'm coming! Goodbye, everybody. See you later. Betty?
1: Be careful, Betty. Daddy? Yes, Kathy? I don't mind riding in your car.
3: Thank you, Kathy. I'm brave.
4: (laughs) Hey, Dad.
3: What is it, bud?
4: There's a pencil stuck in the distributor.
3: I know. That's to keep the wire in.
4: Well, the pencil's in, but the wire's (laughs) out.
3: Bud, fix it. That's why it won't start.
4: Okay.
3: I knew it wasn't anything important. Just a loose wire, that's all.
4: It's all set,
3: Dad. Okay. Stand back. I'll try it again. There. See? All right, everybody. Let's go. Put the hood down, Bud.
6: Okay.
1: Let it
3: down easy so it won't shake the pencil loose. on, Margaret, what are you and Kathy waiting for? Daddy. What is it, Kathy?
1: We've got a flat tire. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> Ridiculous thing I've ever seen. There must be some way of keeping that fender on.
2: We'll be there in a minute, dear, and then you can fix it properly.
3: What do you mean, properly? How can you fix a fender properly with those silly hunks of wire?
4: It isn't the wire that's breaking, Dad. Pieces are coming out of the fender.
1: (laughs) It only fell off three times.
3: I know how many times it fell off. I know what's the matter with it. I don't know how to fix it, that's all.
1: Daddy, there's the picnic. Where? Right over there.
3: Dad, look out. What? There's a bug.
4: (laughs) There it goes again.
3: That makes four (laughs) times. Oh, Jim. Fiddlesticks.
2: Kathy, why don't you run ahead and find Betty? Okay, Mommy.
1: I'll see if anybody knows who won
3: the car. Come on, Bud. Let's take another whack at it.
4: I don't think it's going to do much good, Dad. Look at the holes in it.
3: Idiotic-looking contraption.
4: Dad, I think I know how we can do it. If we can get some long pieces of wire, we can... No, that won't work. What won't work? I thought we could run the wire under the car and over the hood and tie it on that way.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Bud, that won't work.
4: Well, that's what I said.
3: No good fender. No good moth-eaten, rutsided pot-bellied. Kathy, what is it? We what?
1: Yeah. Jim! Kathy, are
3: are you sure?
1: I just saw Daddy, and they called our number, and we won. Jim, how wonderful. Well,
3: Bud. Boy, oh, boy. Bud, would you care to join me? What are you going to do, Dad? I'm going to show this no-good, misguided fender just where it gets off, And that's right here. Turn it over, Bud. Like that? That's it. Now, watch. I guess that'll show it.
1: Can I
6: jump on it, too, Daddy?
3: Sure, go right ahead. You too, bud. Have a good time.
2: Jim, isn't it wonderful?
3: It certainly is.
2: I wonder what color it is.
3: If that isn't just like a woman. I suppose if you don't like the color, we'll have to give it back. Oh,
2: no, but I just thought it mother. Father, must... isn't it wonderful? Isn't it simply lush? It
3: certainly is. Where is it?
2: Father, what are they doing?
3: Never mind them. Where is it?
2: But, Father,
5: they're ruining the fender. Who
3: cares about an old fender? We want a new car, didn't we?
5: Oh, Father, no. We want a ham. <laughs>
3: Well, it's not the first time folks have expected one thing and ended up with a lot less. It just points up a fact we've learned, you and I, many times. You've got to make sure of what you get in everything. In a pound of coffee, for instance, you want to make sure of the flavor you get. You want the most in flavor for every penny you spend. To millions of folks, that means getting the one coffee famous for flavor above all others, our Maxwell House coffee. Mm Mmm, that wonderful, good-to-the-last-drop flavor. You won't find it, you know, in any other coffee. No coffee but Maxwell House. And there's a mighty good reason why. It's our recipe, and there's no mistaking its importance. It's the one and only recipe of its kind. It calls for certain fine varieties of coffee, and our Maxwell House people carefully combine them just so. It's the one way, the one recipe for that good to the last drop flavor. And it spells the big difference between just any coffee and coffee at its Sunday go to meeting best. And this difference adds up to more enjoyment, more flavor for your money when you pour Maxwell House coffee into those cups on your table. So next time, bring home that familiar blue tin of Maxwell House. Enjoy coffee that's always good to the last drop. You know, for some reason or other, automobile people are a cheerful lot. The smiling Irishman, the laughing Lithuanian, they're a gay group of fellows with lilting hearts and names to match. In Springfield, it's Fred Haney, the happy Hibernian. And that's where the Andersons are headed, like this. Father. What is it, Betty?
5: Don't you think it's about time we gave up on this old heap?
2: Betty, please don't annoy your father. Well, jumpin' creepers. It's all
3: right, Margaret. I'm used to being ridiculed. After all, I'm only her father.
5: Everybody has to get so personal about everything. Why is it such an insult if I think we need a new car?
3: Betty, this is more than a car. This is an old friend which has served us faithfully and well. And you don't give up an old friend just because it's a little droopy in the fenders. You treat it gently, humor it, restore it to health.
5: The best thing you can do for this friend is give it a decent funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Betty!
3: For your information, Betty, this car will be as good as new in less than a week. And it'll be good for another 12 years. Holy cow.
1: (laughs) Golly, the car's even older than I am.
4: It makes more noise, too. Father... What
3: is it, Betty?
5: As long as you insist on having the car fixed up, can we please have it painted?
3: I fully intend to have it painted. A new fender, a new paint job, a few little touches on the motor here and there. We'll have a car you can be proud of.
5: Can we have it painted blue, please?
3: What's the matter with black?
5: But it's always been black, and black is so dark.
3: Well, we'll get a light black. <laughs>
1: red, then you can pretend you're riding in a fire engine.
3: <laughs> you know, Margaret, I should have had this done a long time ago. I had the car fixed up, I mean. When I think of the way i have let it get run down, well, <laughs> I should have had my head examined.
4: That's what we've been telling you. What?
3: <laughs>
6: oh, <laughs>
4: I didn't mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, well, uh, green's a nice color.
6: <laughs>
3: Is it? Well, if you like green.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, for a while, I thought maybe we'd get a new car.
6: Golly!
5: But
3: then I said, why? Oh. I can have this one fixed up for 50 or $60, so why go to all that unnecessary expense? Uh, did anybody
4: say they'd fix it up for 50 or $60?
3: No, but I'm just figuring conservatively. Maybe it'll only be $40. What a dreamer. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. When I was a boy, children showed a little respect for their parents. They didn't spend half their life... Jim. What is it, Margaret? Isn't that Haney's? I know it's Haney's. I've only been here a million times. Where was I, bud? They didn't spend half their life. <laughs> uh, they didn't spend half their life trying to make up wisecracks about their fathers. Now, behave yourself. Okay, Dad. Father... I know, Betty. You want it painted blue.
5: Well, I just thought... You
3: want blue, Kathy wants red, Bud wants green. How would it be if we settled for a nice Scotch plaid?
6: <laughs>
1: well, hello,
3: no. Jim. Got the whole family with you this time, huh? Yeah, oh, that's right. Say, Fred, I'd like to see if we can't...
1: We want it painted red. Kathy. And make the horn louder. <laughs>
3: Kathy, get back in the car and sit down.
1: Yes, Daddy. Fred. Father,
3: look. What?
2: That yellow one, isn't it a dreamboat?
3: Betty, I'm trying to tell Mr. Haney... Boy, look at that foreign job. Is that something? Margaret.
2: Dear, I know you and Mr. Haney want to talk, so why don't the children and I just wander around and look at the different cars?
3: An excellent idea, Mrs. Anderson. Excellent.
2: Oh,
1: Bud, look at that one. It's got a
4: motorcycle on it. That's for deliveries, dopey. Mother, have
5: you ever seen anything like that blue one? It's very nice here.
3: Well, maybe now we can talk. Don't tell me you're finally going to give up on that wreck. What wreck?
6: Just
3: <laughs> because it looks a little shabby. Why don't you face it, Jim? You'll need a new car. Fred, I'm not spending any sixteen hundred dollars for a car. Sixteen sixty three twenty. Pardon me. Including license and tax. I'll take twelve. Jim, I've known you for a long time. I value your business. But more than that, I value your friendship. Then tell Gilhausen to fix my car so it'll stay together. He can't, Jim. It's old. It's worn out. You're just throwing good money after bad. Will you please buy a new car? You don't have to buy it from me. Buy it from anybody, but buy it. Are you all finished? Yes. No. <laughs> just tell Gilhausen to fix my car right this time. Of all the stubborn... Gilhausen. I'm over here, Fred. Come here, will you? Ben-Hur is back. Very funny. <laughs> Holy smoke, Mr. Anderson. I don't have to work on that thing again, do I? No, you don't have to. I know a lot of places. That'll be very glad. Uh, just a minute, Jim. Don't get up on your hot horse. If you want it fixed, we'll fix it. Won't we, Gil? We'll fix it or we'll give it either a transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> Why anybody would want to throw good money into that wreck? Gil... So we fix it. Where's the fender? It got stepped on. It what? (laughs) It's gone. It fell off. Because you don't know how to put a fender on. I put fenders on before you was born. But not fenders like your fenders. All All right. All right, Gil. Uh, We'll just have to put on a new fender. Okay, Jim? I suppose so. And while we're at it, let's do it upright. Let's paint the whole thing. Get the motor tuned up, fix the lights. Have you got all that, Gil? This time, we're going to fix it right. Well, that's more like it. So, we start with the fender. Look, you see this big hole in the panel? Yes. That's where I got to bolt the fender. On a hole.
6: <laughs>
3: so, we need a new panel. A uh, new panel. Go ahead, Gil, I'm writing it down. Wait a minute. Why can't you just fix The post- new panel bolts onto the body... Only it's all rusted away over here, and it won't hold. So, we need a new body.
6: <laughs> Look,
3: Fred, all I want frame you to do... Frame won't take a new body. It's too light. New frame, chassis, rear assembly, transmission. You got it? I got it. New crankshaft, flywheel, feed line... Mr. Gilhausen. Connecting rods, clutch, camshaft... Mr. Gilhausen. New springs, muffler, <laughs> exhaust chucks, bumpers... Mr. Gilhausen. Horn's all right. <laughs> Mr. Gilhausen, forget about the whole thing, will you? Just fix the wire in the distributor and I'll be happy. Mr. Anderson, look. Lift the hood, will you, Fred? Okay. Thanks, Fred. (laughs) Now, you see that wire, Mr. Anderson? It goes down there and hooks onto that. But it can't because it's loose. Here, you see this? You got a cracked block, the water pump's broke, the radiator leaks, the piston assembly's shot, the valves are gone. You got to get a new motor.
6: <laughs> Just because
3: you can't hook up one little wire, huh? What am I going to hook it on?
6: <laughs> Jim,
3: we're trying to help you, and with a job this big, we'll give you a special rate. Well, that's more like it. Uh, what does it come to? Uh, the whole thing? With a paint job. You want me any more, Fred? Uh, no, thanks a lot, Gil. Okay. See you later, Mr. Anderson. You bet. <laughs> Go ahead, Fred. Figure it up. And uh, sharpen your pencil. Well, uh, let me see. Fifteen, thirty-eight, two forty-seven, four ninety-six. Four ninety-six? Uh, the whole thing, including labor and parts, comes to exactly sixteen hundred and seventy-eight dollars.
6: <laughs> Sixty?
3: That's fifteen dollars more than a new one, ah, Jim. This is all on a piecework basis, and besides, with seat covers, you'll have a car that's practically new. Sixteen hundred, Margaret. Well, I told you in the very beginning, Jim. Margaret. Jim, is anything wrong? Sixteen hundred dollars—it's an outrage. <laughs> That's what it is, an outrage. Well, you think it over, Jim, and whatever you decide, just let me know. $1,678. That's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. What did he say, Dad? Is it going to be blue, Father? Daddy, the man let me
1: shoot the grease gun.
4: All right, get in. We're going home. (laughs) Aren't you going to have it fixed? I said get
3: in.
2: I want to stay and shoot the grease gun. (laughs) All right, children, let's not argue. Do as your father says. I'll get
3: another mechanic. That's what I'll do. Haney isn't the only dealer in Springfield. Tell me my car isn't any good. $1,678.
2: Dear, don't you think if you talk to Mr. Haney again... Haney,
3: he's a worse crook than Gilhausen ever
2: was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's ten times as bad. Somebody will fix this car and it'll be good for another 12 years. And another 140,000 miles.
6: Oh, Father.
1: Have you heard
3: of the wonderful one-horse Shay that was built in such a logical way it ran a hundred years to a day? Well, we're sitting in it right now.
5: (laughs) A hundred years?
3: Holy cow, Dad. This car's as sound as it was the day we bought it. It's a good car, solid and sturdy. I'll put on a fender, get a little paint, a few tires.
1: (laughs) What was that? Another fender fell off.
3: Well, we'll put it back on. Dad. <laughs>
2: Just got to get a new car (laughs) Fred
6: Fred Oh Fred
3: You see of course If you're not a dunce How it went to pieces All at once All at once and nothing first Just as bubbles do when they burst End of the wonderful One horse shade Logic is logic That's all I say. Yes, logic is logic. And when it comes to coffee, that's the reason you naturally look for the most in flavor for every penny you spend. And it's yours in the coffee with the world's most famous flavor, our good-to-the-last-drop Maxwell House. That wonderful flavor begins with our Maxwell House recipe, but we don't stop there. We know that air can steal coffee flavor, and ordinary containers like paper bags can't prevent roasted coffee from losing flavor, whether it's ground or whole bean. That's why we carefully vacuum-pack our Maxwell House in the familiar blue tin... It's the only way you can be guaranteed coffee fresh as the hour it was roasted without one bit of flavor wasted. So these days, be sure you get the most in value in flavor and freshness. You always will when you open up a pound of Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Robert Young. Since the beginning of this year, as you probably know, we on Father Knows Best have been working hand in glove with the Inter-Industry Highway Safety Committee. Our particular phase of the overall problem was the enlistment of teenagers and their parents in a good driver's club. And now, after five months of campaigning, we'd like to make our first report. And for all those connected with this safety movement, we have news I consider little short of miraculous. Since the inception of this campaign, two and three-quarter million pledges have been requested by the teenage drivers of America. Think of it, two and three-quarter million. In large cities, in small hamlets, the young men and women of this country have proved beyond a shadow of a doubt the basic integrity of their generation. We are proud of them, prouder than we can say. By recognizing their common problem, by driving safely and carefully, these young men and women have brought added security to the highways and everlasting glory to themselves. We congratulate them on a job well done and ask only that they continue their good work in the future. Good night. Now yours to enjoy, an instant coffee you'll love for breakfast every morning. An instant coffee you'll be proud to serve to your dinner guests. It's Instant Maxwell House. The instant coffee with a famous flavor. Here's the happiest combination in coffee. Wonderful good to the last drop flavor combined with the convenience and thrift of coffee made instantly in the cup. Tomorrow, try Instant Maxwell House. The instant coffee with a famous flavor. Instantly good to the last drop. join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned for Screen Guild Theater which follows immediately over most of these stations. Stay tuned for Screen Guild Theater next on NBC.
0: Well guys, that does it for Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show father knows best I want to once again thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast and left me comments I really do appreciate it please continue to share listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify Google Apple and wherever else you get your podcast Just type in mystery and comedy old time radio podcast and it should pull my podcast right up and also guys just to let you know I will be releasing Mr. Joseph Cotton and Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning on Sunday and Monday night and then join me this coming Tuesday as we welcome to the show. Back by popular demand, Mr. Joseph Kearns in two episodes guaranteed to chill our spines. And once again, guys, thanks and have a great night.